Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you chose to join us this afternoon. I know you have a lot of options of where to tune the dial, but just to seek to be encouraged, to be built up in the things of the Lord, to learn. You know, it's a, it's a great show to learn here on Calvary Live, and listen to some of the questions and answers and how to process, process things biblically. I'm so grateful that you've chosen to join us, whether you're listening on Grace FM live or on Hope FM or Truth FM. Remember, you guys on Hope and Truth FM, you're hearing this one week delayed, one week delayed, but you can call, and when you call, you'll get us live. So we'll answer the question live, but on your radio station, you won't hear it for a week later. So Grace FM, we're all live, unless you hear at the beginning that we are a... Uh, rebroadcast. This is live, and we get to talk and uh, minister to you. Those of you on Grace FM, all the way from Cheyenne, Wyoming, south to the Pueblo border of Colorado, up into Nebraska, and out in Lyman, and all the way up into Estes Park, and everywhere in between. We're very grateful to be a small part of your life and help you grow in the things of the Lord. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary in Aurora, Colorado. And the way to get connected with us is to go to our website, calvaryaurora.org, calvaryaurora.org, or download our free apps. Just put in the search engine, Calvary Aurora, and they'll pop up. And you can also uh, get information and read what I post on my website, edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org. I just posted today uh, an article under the topic of grief, called When Things Don't Go Your Way. Even when things don't go your way, God is faithful. Do you want to be encouraged today? Have you lost all hope? Are you ready to throw in the towel with your present situation? Has a miscarriage so undermined your faith? In the earlier months of my son Eddie's young marriage, and then I go on to share. So go to edtaylor.org for today's uh, entry, and you can also sign up to receive it in your email box and get notified when new posts go up. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. If you want to connect with us on the radio station, it's gracefm.com, gracefm.com, and uh, we'd love to connect with you and serve you. All right, let's go right to the phone lines as they're already filling up today. Again, the phone number is 303-690-3000. That works anywhere. So 303-690-3000, or we have a dedicated text line, 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897 is the dedicated text line. We're going to jump right to the phone lines here and talk with Jay in Denver. Jay, welcome to the program. How's it going? It's going well. What's up? Uh, well, I was calling uh, for a prayer request. Okay. I have a, a co-worker and a friend of mine who, uh, his brother died two weeks ago today. Uh, he had just turned 31 and he had a heart attack. And uh, also, his dad has cancer and is getting surgery. Mm. I think it's kidney cancer. So he's having a really rough time. <clears throat> and uh, 
I just wanted to get as many people praying for him as possible. Okay, let's do that. Father, I pray um, for these individuals that, you know, these people, you know, they're using, just thinking of, of their life and their grief and their sorrow and the difficulty that they're facing right now. Uh, Lord, you, I, can't, I can't help but remember in times like this that you declare yourself to be the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. You just say it matter-of-factly. You don't try to explain it. You don't explain how the comfort comes or what the comfort feels like or any of those things. You just say that's what you do and that's who you are. And so I pray that you would be uh, realized and experienced as the God of all comfort, the great I Am who's ready to enter into these hurting families and bring strength and hope where it's lacking and, and even, God, according to your word and according to your will, the ability to heal the sick. And thank you for putting Jay in their lives. How Thank you, God, for allowing him to be a minister of your gospel to them in their lives. And let it be known, Lord, that you are, are on the throne, sovereign and in control, and that we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you. All right, man. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to move on to Sharon in Longmont. Sharon, welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, uh, three weeks ago, I was blessed with a brand-new granddaughter, and she was airlifted from the hospital, Children's Hospital, the day she was born, and um, she was just diagnosed with um, Charge Syndrome a very rare genetic disorder. It had nothing to do with the mother's genes or the father's genes. It was her genes. Okay. And my son is really having a hard time dealing with this. And I okay. was wondering what I could say to him to make him feel that God didn't pick, he's not picking on you. He's, and I, I tried to tell him he's, this could be a blessing. You know, but he's just—he's mad. He's pretty mad. What is he mad about? Because he didn't get a perfect child. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, there's a you couple know, thoughts on that. There's yeah. a, there's a couple tr- thoughts on that. You know, first of all, every child's born with some genetic abnormality. Every child's born with some issue. You know, in in a very real way, every child's born with the consequence of sin. And it's hard to think this way, but in, in the context of what's happening in your family, every child, the very first breath that they take is a breath toward dying. Like we aren't, we, we are, we aren't eternal and we aren't perfect. Sin has affected all of us. Uh, and every, every, every one of us has some abnormality or some issue. And the older we get, the more issues that we have. And, and if I had an opportunity to talk to your son, right? Did you say it was your son? Um, he, when I, um, if I had an opportunity to talk to your son, I would tell your son, I would look him in the eye and say, you did, you did receive a perfect son and you're the perfect daughter, excuse me. Uh, you did receive a perfect child. Um, and you're the perfect parent for her. And, you know, we, we are often challenged by our own selfishness and we don't value, we, we unfortunately are in a culture that values life at different at different uh, value systems, you know. So that right now, God is revealing to your son that he has a different va- a value system for babies, 
and a baby without a genetic disorder would be more valuable to him than the one that he has right now as he's processing it. And so I would talk to him very gently. I wouldn't be accusatory. I would just lay these things out for him so that he can see where his mind is going, that, that he, um, while he's wrestling with the reality of disease and he's kind of going through his options, uh-huh. um, his options, you know, that it's God's fault and I didn't have a perfect baby and on and on that list goes that as he sorts these things out, he will, um, he will come to the conclusion in Christ that this is the perfect baby. And although she has an abnormality, according to the doctors, there is nothing wrong with her. She's worthy of love. Jesus Christ died for her. That, yes, she will be a physical challenge. And, yes, she will take extra time. And, yes, she will have a different upbringing um, than, than what, would, what possibly was expected. But it doesn't diminish her value. And it doesn't diminish her, uh, the, her willingness and ability to accept love and to... Uh, to receive the love of a daddy. And, you know, I, I think that if I, if I knew him a little bit better as well, you know, I would look at him and I'd have compassion on the anger that he's having, but I'd also give him a strong word and say, you have no reason to be mad at God. Sin is the source of every abnormality in life, not God. It was man's rebellion against God that plunged this world into sin. And that now your daughter is, has been born with significant challenges, but she's, a hundred percent human. She's a hundred percent yours. You, you, I know you love her and I know you're challenged with what the future might bring, but I know that God is able to, to mesh those together so that not only do you accept this precious girl, but you value her, love her and enjoy her uniqueness as she's a precious child in the eyes of God. Well, amen to that. I say that too. I agree with that a hundred percent. I, I, I truly believe God gives us what he knows we need. Well, and what happens is this. What happens is is that we're kind of taken aback by what, how your son's responding, you know, at least how, he's, how, he's, how, he's, uh, how it sounds. And we kind of get defensive with people like that when, when we don't need to. They're in a crisis of, uh, if, is he a believer? Um, yeah, I would say he is. See, this is, is also... This is but, also an opportunity to, to right. speak the gospel no, into no, his life. No, I know. I, I, but for the sake of people listening, you know, this is an opportunity with, with these challenges. And, and we do a lot of hospital visits. You know, we, we visit a lot of challenging situations as pastors. And, and we're, in, we're often at the bedside of the sick and the dying. And, and as hard as it is, it becomes a it becomes a showcase of the faithfulness and the love of God, even in the midst of these feelings, um, even in the midst of these feelings. And you know, Marie and I, my wife and I, we faced uh, some similar decisions when it came to our son uh, when he was into a, when he fell into a coma, and all the doctors were saying, "Well, you know, his brain is this, and it's not as bad as that, and we're not sure." And and we didn't hesitate for a second. We don't. I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happened to our son's brain. It doesn't matter how he wakes up. That's our son, and we're going right. to love him. We're going to love him no matter what, and we're going to take care of him. It doesn't matter. We're going to wait till he wakes up, and and even being challenged with that very thing that the possibility of him waking up uh, is that he would wake up different than before he collapsed. But we don't. We didn't care, and um, our hearts were to see him wake up. And um, unfortunately, some of the thing decisions that were made, he didn't wake up, but. The Lord knows, and and I have a little bit of compassion with your with your son because 
he's really wrestling with his desires compared to um, you know what he wanted and he's learning that that girl no matter what her body's doing she is a soul she is valuable right. she is wonderful and and I know that as he presents himself to a holy and righteous God he can learn to love that girl even more than he's ever loved anyone or anything his whole life. I know. When, that's what I tell the mother, too. You know, I go, I go. she's special. She's going to be special. She could be your greatest joy in your entire life. Uh, it, she will be if he allows it. But, you know, the, he's at a crisis. He could become very bitter. He can become very mad. He can have a hard heart. And, you know, we certainly don't want that. But these, no. these are definitely challenges. Um, but, man, I'm telling you, the, the fact that the Lord has blessed her and encouraged her, um, uh, I mean, blessed her, gave her life, gave her to this family, have you as a grandma, she's got a lot going for her. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. God bless you. Thank you. I appreciate Bye-bye. it. Bye-bye. 303 is the number. 303 Taking your calls and your questions. Talking about the things of God. You know, what is it that God wants to accomplish? What does he, what does he want to say about the matter? And, and even just to you parents that, that have children with challenges, um, know that we love you. And, and I'm sure it gets hard at times. And I'm sure you're tired. And it's challenging. And then you're judged. And people stare. And, and this the, the, the difficulty of our culture. But our hearts are with you as well because I know how much you love your kids, how much you care for them. And and even how you've learned to look past uh, the challenges in their body. You know, we're all born with a broken body. And the, the difference between us is just how broken it is. <laughs> and, but none of us were born perfect. We're all in need of the grace of God. Some is more obvious than others, of course. Uh, some are more challenging than others, for sure. But God is faithful in all situations. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to move over to... Uh, share no we're going to move to caesar in denver caesar welcome to the program hi hey what's up i have a question okay go ahead my question is uh when jesus says the house divided cannot stand what are you talking about well in the immediate context he was talking about this accusation of the religious rulers that uh, he was the devil, and that he was doing work of the devil. And Jesus was using that to say, you know, why would the devil deliver people and heal them? Um, uh, he wouldn't go against himself because a house divided cannot stand. And the principle that we learn, uh, that it's often used because it's more applicable to our situation, is that when there is division in our in a, in a relationship, when there is division in a home, when there's division in a country, when there's division in a government, when there's di- it will not stand. More energy and effort will go to that division, more backbiting and fighting and, and attempt to destroy the other person where that, that house, that government, that home, that family, that it's not going to make it because our energies and efforts aren't designed to go after each other. Um, they're designed to fight the fight of faith together, not against each other. And, you know, most often I'll use this illustration within a marriage. Like I teach married couples that when they're arguing, they have to remember that their spouse is not their enemy. Because you know how sometimes 
arguments in marriages, man, can be so nasty and dirty. And they treat each other like they're enemies. And that's not going to last. It's not going to work. You can do irreparable damage fighting like that. Um, And so a house divided cannot stand. It just won't make it. You might be deceived that it will make it. But when you have all this infighting, it's not going to end well. Okay. Can I also uh, say that a house divided, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they're three in one. And so the Son does what the Father does. Father growth, the Father is pleased with the Son. So the Son wouldn't do anything that the Father wouldn't do, right? So there's three. Right? And so they also can testify about each other. I agree with what you're saying. I'm totally behind it, 100%. But I also, can I also say that, that he is so... That I can also see that. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit is the house. Right? Am I right or wrong? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know the illustration you're using. Although what you're saying is true, that God has has manifested Himself in three persons. They're co-equal, uh, and they aren't divided. They're in u- perfect unity. Uh, and so, I don't know about this house picture, but you're right. Uh, God is in perfect unity. There is no division, no shadows, no darkness in the Godhead. Uh, no judgment. You cannot accuse somebody unless there are two or more witnesses, right? So you got the father and the son testifying about the other. And even in the three, you have that. Even in the even in the law, you see God. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly where you're going with all that, but um, certainly God does pronounce judgment. So I'm not sure what you mean by no judgment, but of course God pronounces judgment. And yes, you're right. There are two or three witnesses necessary for for. Um, a, a pronouncement to be made true, of course. So I'm not sure where you're going with all that, but appreciate your call. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Michael, I think, is next. Michael, welcome to the program. Pastor Ed, right? It is, yes. Pastor, I've been a Christian for a long time, since I was about 16 or 17. And for most of my adult life, I play games with God or more with myself. But nonetheless, I made a decision when I was 16 or 17 to become a Christian. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't until uh, uh, like 97 when God decided to get hold of me and, and shake me up and apply the brakes on my, uh, on my life. I, hey, Michael, I, 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 I wanted to yeah. get in there when you have a breath. Um, because we just want to get to the point, get to the point because other people are waiting. So can you just help me out? How can I pray for you or answer a question, my brother? Okay. Lately, I, I, I suspect I've been un, under the, uh, under a false assumption that I have to be looking for things or those occasions to, to serve God. Uh, yes. kind of like the idea of works to to serve him. But okay. I think I'm I might be under the wrong impre- under the wrong impression. God's used me in some pretty neat ways in the past, just out of the blue, out of you know what I call uh, uh, divine appointments that I could ever imagine. And uh, to me to be walk as a right righteous man of God the way he wants me to and to serve him it's just for me to make myself available when he wants to open up that door or 
for that window to yes to to be used by him. And he decides, all right, Michael, I want you to go here and be, do this, but I'm not going to tell you about it ahead of time. You're going to walk into it, but you're going to know when it's over with. I have to set this up and basically pray daily, read my word daily, and Good. pray for the for the empowering of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis for me to be ready. Is that is, is that correct? I think that there's two things. So I think you you described one side of the coin, and that is like the specific leading of the Lord and and that time of waiting and direction. But I'm going to suggest to you that the other side of the coin is that every opportunity is an opportunity from the Lord, that there is far more available to us. I mean, every person we come in contact with, every encounter, every thought that we can turn into a prayer like we can really find ourselves abiding in Jesus Christ and enjoying his presence and his leading more than we currently experience. And so on the one hand, you're right, there are those times when there's a specific unction, if you will, or anointing to say, hey, Michael, go do this, and hey, Michael, talk to them. But on the other hand, the Spirit of God is always dwelling in us. The Spirit of God is always with us. And the Spirit of the, the Holy Spirit of God who leads and guides us constantly that if we would um, approach it from that way, we would find ourselves involved in so much more as I have seen in my own life. Like every opportunity is a discipleship moment and every opportunity is an opportunity to share the gospel. And, and there's so much more available to you even while you're waiting for a specific direction on one thing, you could be doing three other things. It's amazing how much God wants to do. And I need prayer for God to change my way of thinking about how to be a, a useful vessel for him and his son and his Holy Spirit to use me. Okay, um, let's pray, pray right now because we're coming up on the end of the program or the end of the segment. So, Father, you know Michael's heart, God, and the progress that he's made in his personal walk with you. And, and just now he's at a place, God, where he's wanting to be used more, where he is wanting to step out in faith more, where he's desiring to, to learn more of how your spirit leads and into what ways your spirit leads. And God, I know that my brother Michael's battled with all sorts of things, and he is still standing, uh, still strong, still moving forward. And so today, God, I pray for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit in his life, that he would hang up the phone a little more encouraged, a little more built up, and a lot more in love with you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, bro. God bless you, man. Bye-bye. All right, we're coming up on the end of today, or at least the first half. Sorry, not the show, but the first half of our program today. Give me a call, 303-690-3000, So I'm going to go on to line number three is Roberta. She's calling from Maryland. Roberta, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for taking my call, Pastor. You're welcome. Um, my uh, question is, like, how do you prove that you've forgiven somebody, yet what um, people observe is basically the consequences of the person's actions? Uh, we have a family member who, uh, our, our daughter has since died, but a family member who had done something to our daughter when she was alive. 
and we yes. didn't really find out about this until afterwards, although our other children were aware of it. And whenever we're with family members in general, because uh, uh, it's usually weddings or funerals, um, we're being attacked, my husband and I, and told that, oh, you guys call yourself Christians. Well, you need to learn to forgive. You need to learn to forgive. And we have forgiven, but we don't let this person be involved in our, our life anymore. And I view and that as a consequence to his actions. I would, I, so I'm going to read into and ask you the question. Um, I, I take it that this person abused your daughter. Yes. Okay. So here, here's the thing. <clears throat> you, you, it sounds like, and even I can hear it in your voice, it sounds like that you have extended forgiveness because this is an atrocious sin and it's a very painful sin uh, for something like that to happen to our own daughter by our own family and listening uh. in your voice and listening to you. It does sound like you've released him from the debt of, the, of how he hurt your daughter. And, and, and the only way that you're going to be able to communicate that to people is just saying, just by repeating it over and over again, I have, I have, I have forgiven you. Uh, on the other hand, what people are failing to understand is because I've forgiven you doesn't mean that I would put my daughter in harm's way or any of my grandchildren or anything um, exactly. to, a, to a person that's known as an abuser. And I wouldn't let them be alone with him. I wouldn't let them. I, I need to walk in I need to walk in wisdom to protect the innocent. The innocent gets the first benefit of the doubt. And and by my being a wise parent watching over my children doesn't in any way mean I don't forgive you. Uh, and I'm sorry it happened. I wish it never would have happened, but please don't think for a moment that I'm going to let it happen again. Exactly. Um, That's exactly for, our stand. And and even if the person says I promise you it will never happen again, um, you can answer, I know it will never happen again because I'll never let you alone with my children. Um, you've lost that privilege. Um, and, you know, I don't know to what degree you allow your kids around someone where you can watch them, you know, and, and still have a peace and a sense of trying to, um, again, this is a much larger question that radio is not going to really cover. But if I was sitting down with you in my office, I would, I would look for areas where maybe we could... Um, you know, you would allow them to, to look him in the eye and say, hi, uh, uncle so-and-so, or shake their hand, you know, or, you know, something that would affirm that, yes, we've forgiven you, and the line that we've drawn is that we're not going to allow you to be alone or something. You know, just kind of walking in forgiveness in the sense of, I'll give a little bit, but I'm not going to feel guilty that this is where I've drawn the line. And, right. and so it, up into the line... You know, you may be able, maybe God is softening your heart to where, yes, they can sit at the same table with him, or yes, uh, they can talk to him when you're sitting next to them, or something where you know you're watching them, and uh, there could be no grooming or anything like that, even if he'll never do it again. Um, well, see, right now, our, our children, because this happened when she was young. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I, we're coming adults. up right on that. We got one minute left, so let me pray for okay. you. And, and I think that that was a, a good answer for where you're at right now. So, Father, I pray for my, my sister. I know it's hard, um, but would you give her wisdom and strength on how to deal with this situation? And, and uh, even as there's a little bit more to the story, God, there's always more to the story. And I know Roberta, her heart breaks, and, it's, and she's crushed. And she's also you know, a little firm, God, and I thank you for that firmness to protect 
her children, her grandchildren, uh, and and those that are in their life. And so, would you put peace in this family, God? Um, would you would you soften hard hearts? In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thanks, Roberta. Bye bye. Bye bye. Hey, we're coming up on the end of today's uh, first half of the program. Uh, we've got an open line, 303-690-3000. Um, Caesar, you'll be next, and then Mike, um, you're next, and then we'll be uh, see what the Lord has for us in the second half. I'm going to be looking up that article. Remember, we talked about the Modesto Manifesto and how important it is to live above reproach because, man, accusations come. I'm telling you, the enemy's fast at work. He's known as the accuser of the brethren who accuses them day and night. And we don't want to be a part of that nonsense. We want to walk in light, not in the shadows. And uh, it's a good thing. So Modesto Manifesto we talked about. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's program, and appreciate your patience with us as the computer does what the computer does, and and I was talking about Paula being at church last night. She texted in, said the Lord really ministered to her as the body of Christ prayed for one another, and just so encouraged by that, because it would have never happened in her life had she not been in fellowship with other believers. It would have never happened if she wasn't uh, didn't obey the Lord to be led to the our fellowship, hear the message that was taught, and respond to the invitation as a believer to to say, you know, I need my faith built up. So good stuff. I uh, really enjoy seeing what God's doing in our fellowship and and really binding us together with cords of love. And you're always welcome to join us at Calvary Aurora. Uh, we are we are on Hampton, just east of tower road in southeast aurora and we have services on saturday nights at 6 p.m sunday mornings at 8 45 and 10 45 and then we have wednesday night bible study which is really a, a neat time of communion fellowship prayer and the study of god's word we do it all together every wednesday night and that's at 7 p.m so more information is on our free app if you go to your app store and just put in calvary aurora or our website calvaryaurora.org uh, and you know, join us. It's God's doing some amazingly neat, wonderful things uh, for us and uh, through us, and and just so grateful uh, that He would trust us in the ministry. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, we're going to jump in to who is next here, Denise and call. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, we'll, we'll go to Denise in Colorado Springs. Uh, Denise, welcome to the program. It's, my, it's Brittany. <laughs> That's what actually is my aunt's name. Cool. Um, I have prayer requests for my husband. He's in jail right now uh, for two DUIs, and he's really stressed about bills, and um, he's just worried about everything. He's just very discouraged, thinking that he's not close to God, and that okay. there's a lot of you know profanity around where he's at. So he wants, sure. you know, I want, I want prayer for protection of his heart, you know. And it's just he's not happy because, okay. you know, he's not working today. He he does work for us, but he, he can't get good time. So uh, mm. just pray for him. That, and you can know, you tell me your name again? Brittany. Brittany, cool. and, and what's his name? Michael. 
Lord, we, we lift up Michael to you today, Lord, because he finds himself in a in a difficult place, on top of a difficult place, on top of a difficult place, Lord, with just whatever got him in this jail to the first place. And now, well, the DUIs, you know, and the drinking. And I remember those days in my life. I remember how, da- how much damage it brought to my family. I remember how it wiped out all our savings and put us into really bad places uh, financially. And, and Lord, I just pray you deliver him from this drinking um, and the, whatever infl- under the influence he's involved in, God, that, that this would be the last time that the, this would be the turning point of his life. And you know the consequences. You know better than any of us uh, what the consequences are and how hard life is. But I also know that that he has someone that loves him and cares for him in Brittany, and, and he has someone that loves and cares for him in you, Lord. And I pray that during this difficult time that he would submit himself to you all of his life, um, not, not just the difficulties of today, as hard as it is, but do you give him endurance and perseverance to endure the sentence and come out a new man, uh, a more man that's resolved to follow you, that's willing to deny himself and take up his cross and follow you, Lord, and lead this young lady uh, in the ways of, of righteousness and goodness and not ever have to go back again. And so, God, I pray for, for him that, that he would even feel right now the sense of your presence in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Let's move on to Luke now. Luke is in Firestone, Colorado. Welcome to the program, Luke. Thank you. I had a question on uh, Mark 3 and maybe in other Gospels as well, but when Mary and Jesus' brothers go to basically get him because they are upset with him, disagree with him, I, I understand how the brothers could do that, not knowing the experience or understanding the experience that Mary had, but how I guess I'm curious as to how Mary could do that, knowing she's she's God. Well, you know, I think Mary is is having to handle the the reality of who her son is, just like any human being would. And you know, I think of another occasion when John the Baptist knew Jesus uh, and saw his miracles and was involved in it. And he there he is sitting in jail, questioning whether Jesus is uh, the Messiah. And so perhaps in because the text doesn't tell us exactly, and it's Mark three thirty one. His brothers and his mothers came standing outside and called him, and a multitude was sitting around, and and he says, they say, look, your mother and brothers, and say, who is my mother and brother, um, or my uh, who is my mother or my brothers? And he looked around and said, here is my mother and my brothers. Um, you know, I don't know if that's if that's the passage you're referring to or the passage when they thought he was crazy. I'm not sure which one you're, because this one doesn't say anything but uh, that his mother calls for him. I was talking about the one that is crazy. I thought that was it, so it must be a different yeah, let reference. Me see. Let me see if it's a reference. Let me uh, let me see if what Luke says. Um, yeah, don't. Let me let me see if I can find a cross. Matthew 12. Um, in Matthew 12, it just says, your mother and brothers want to speak to you. Uh, and the same thing. So Matt, Luke 8 says your mother's... Um, um, let me see if I can find the passage here. Because if that's the passage you're looking for, that they thought he was out of his mind. Um, uh, it's Oh, no, there it is. It's up a little bit earlier. Sorry. Mark, when the multitude came together, um, they could not eat bread. When his own people heard about this, they went to lay hold of him and said he's out of his mind. So I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about, but I don't see it in this text here. But let's... Because I, I don't want to associate... 
something to his mom because it says his brothers didn't believe. I don't know that his mom is involved in that, bro. John 7 okay. says that his brothers didn't believe in him. Um, let me see if I can find a reference. John 10, he has a demon. Yeah, I don't see a reference that Mary participated in that part. So it's just his brothers then. All right, thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not doing a thorough look, but just all my cross-references, I don't see it. So if I'm mistaken, somebody could call and correct me, but I don't see his mom being involved in that part. Okay. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Text me, 720-360-897. Love to hear from you guys in Baltimore, Tennessee, Kentucky, New Jersey, uh, anywhere out there. We'd love to hear from you not just here in Colorado, although you guys in Colorado, uh, we love you. So glad we get to serve in our backyard, get to reach our community. Jason in Parker, Colorado, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Hey, I just wanted to get your thoughts real quick. I mean, I was doing some reading on the uh, some news sites this morning and just seeing what's going on over with Israel and Syria and Iran and everything that's happening I just finished up reading Zechariah this morning. I've been reading, uh, you know, Revelation recently and just studying. I just kind of want to get your thoughts, and you know, because my heart was really stirred today when I saw what was happening and thinking, we are so, so close to the return of the Lord. And, um, and I just, like I said, I get your thoughts on what's happening over there right now as well. Well, certainly we see current events lining up with potential biblical prophecy, you know, with Iran and Russia in the backyard. I don't know if, have you ever been to Israel? I have, yes. So, you know, when you go up into the Golan and you look out over the hill and you see, you see the road to Damascus there, you see the little town there, you see the UN, uh, you see the UN compound there. I mean, we're talking um, breathing distance of the border when you're up in the northern Golan. Uh, where the rockets were fired yesterday. And you've got Russia breathing down Israel's neck from the north. Uh, you've, got the, you, you've got what's going on within um, I- Iran and the, the significance of Ezekiel uh, being born out in 37, 38, and 39. Um, right. So even if that wasn't happening, I believe it's God's will for us to sense the urgency, but it doesn't take much to look. We're living in the days of Noah. I mean, if you just open up to to the to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 24 and begin to read what Jesus said to look for, um, the signs of the end of the time, um, people coming in saying that they're the Christ, wars and rumors of wars, uh, nations rising against nation, kingdoms against kingdom. Then, and, and he says, this is just the beginning and then many false prophets come up. People are offended, betraying one another. Lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. Uh, you, just that part, you know, just that part. We're living right, in those right. days. Uh, besides the prophetic importance that would lead us into seeing how everything's going to wind down there in the Valley of Armageddon and how God is moving around his, um, he, he's the one in control, not the nations of men. And so, yes, I agree with you. We are seeing uh, biblical prophecy um, unfolding right before our eyes. I think it's one that's it's incredibly amazing to, to see it too, and, and to and to have it, you know, in front of you when you read it in your Bible, and then to turn on the news or read it in the paper, you see it right there as well. Well, you know, we're being lulled to sleep, and and I think it's important for everyone listening in because 
Number one, many churches play, de-emphasize prophecy. Uh, they're more interested in how to have a good marriage and how to raise good kids and how to watch current event movies and have some little Bible study out of them. And and I understand that that those things can be important in their context, but to to devalue to devalue the prophetic word with as much prophecy as in the Bible. Two two thirds of the Bible has some kind of prophetic connection uh, in 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 relationship to the heart and the will of God. And and to devalue prophecy so believers don't care anymore. Uh, we don't care about Israel anymore. Who cares? What about the Palestinians? And and now it becomes a political event instead of a spiritual event. And so the the church is being lulled to sleep. And then culture, you know, culture the 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 waves of culture are getting larger, not smaller. You know, let's just take one little thing. Uh, besides the sexual, the new sexual revolution, let's set that one aside. And let's just take one little thing. Um, I don't know about you, but but I'm I'm a little older, so. 25 years ago, I didn't have a phone in my back pocket. Uh, right. 25 years ago, I didn't have a computer in my back pocket. 25 right. years ago, I didn't have um, I didn't have the ability of a company that would be looking at me and everything I do on the internet and creating a profile for me that would be able to track me everywhere I go in everything that I do. Um, you remember the Bible says in the last days that part of the Antichrist kingdom will be a one-world currency. Where you can't buy or sell yep. without a mark, um, yep. you know. There's been a lot of speculation what that mark is over the years. Set that speculation aside and just say, does our society exist today where there could be a centralized one world, not one country, not not states, but a one world currency? Yes or no? Yes, it does. Yeah, more than any other time of history, like more than any other time, have we seen a devaluation of of using anonymous elements of currency like cash and gold and things and everything goes through a centralized computer uh and we've just been kind of lulled to sleep through that um i mean i went to king's i went to chick-fil-a the other day i paid with my phone for goodness sake i pull out my phone click the button put it on the little reader and they took money out of my account i mean that's not that that didn't happen 10 years ago 15 years ago and and so the cent the decentralization of the world where uh, excuse me the centralization of the world where it's very possible for religion to be centralized in one place. It's very possible for a one-world ruler. It's very possible for money to be centralized in one place. And besides all the prophetic things with the nations, besides the way that we're living in the days of Noah, besides, you know, we could we could go on and on. That's why we value in our movement, you know, in our church, teach through the Bible, verse by verse, let the Bible say what it says, let it reflect on the culture, uh, compare what you see in the culture to the word, and you'll come to the same conclusion as my brother here in Parker, Jason, that the coming of the Lord is at hand. Amen. Amen. And unless people listening in, because you know there's people listening in, Jason, that says, oh, you guys, you're exaggerating. Oh, you guys, you're making it up. Oh, why do you live that way? And well, Peter believed the same thing in his day. He he wrote, he said, we believe he said he believes the coming of the Lord is sooner than ever before. It's Every generation of true believers. What's that? I said he said it's time to wake up from your slumber because our salvation right. is nearer now than we first believed. Every generation of true believers had an uh, an urgency of the imminent return of Jesus Christ. 
And may we continue on in that generation looking for and hastening the coming of the Lord. Amen. Thanks, bro. Thank you, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions. This is Calvary Live. It originates in Colorado uh, in Grace FM, which is a ministry outreach uh, reaching over 3.5 million potential listeners up and down the front range of Colorado. But we're also carried on the Truth FM network and the Hope FM network. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Taking your calls and your questions. uh, We're going to move on to Michelle in Fort Collins. Michelle, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. I was calling in. um, I just am asking for prayer. It's a difficult call to make. Um, I want to pray for everyone, um, specifically teens that are struggling with temptation and and sin, but uh, more so suicide, a specific um, focus on suicide. Yes. I have a, a son that attempted suicide a couple of years ago, and he's come a long way. There's been a lot of prayer. I have a lot of people praying for him, and he's he's come a long way. Um, I have a nephew, however, that uh, went through the same thing recently in the past few days, and so I just want to—I feel a brokenness, and— and my family, yeah. and Sorry. I just I just want to pray for for all families that are dealing with uh, suicide and, and you know specifically with teens. Um, um, I also want to pray for my brother's family and over his marriage. Um, they're not active in the church, and I just pray that he can find the hope and the strength, and that for God to touch him so he can lead his family. And uh, I pray that uh, God gives him the strength to do this. But also, uh, my nephew that this happened to, uh, he, at his own will, was baptized a couple of years ago. And I just feel like he's lost his hope and belief mm. in God. So I also want to pray for him. It's possible. Lord, I pray with my, my sister in Christ, um, the heaviness that she has for her family, and just a darkness that's entered in, God, this hopelessness. Um, even a even a sense of turning their back on you. Um, I pray that you would use her in a way to encourage, to love her family, um, to be that salt and that light in their lives. And and we are seeing a rise of hopelessness. We are seeing a rise of of suicidal thoughts and tendencies and even attempts. Lord, this as much as technology is increasing, there's so much loneliness. There's so much shaming going on and bullying and, and you know, these kids and adults too can only handle so much, Lord. And even then, running to you, God, it's still a painful thing. And so I pray that you would bring hope into a very difficult home and a very difficult family and that my sister would have the strength herself not to be affected uh, by the difficulties in her home but and her family, but rather she would have the strength to stay strong and... And you know what's happening in our schools. And you know what's happening among our kids. You know what the confusion is. You know what the the end result of this culture is. Um, It's not the end result that you have in store. Um, It's destructive and it's painful and it's hard. And and so I pray, God, that you would show yourself strong on behalf of this family. That you would have your way with them. And you continue to strengthen Michelle. 
that she would walk in the light as you are in the light, God, and the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse her from all sin, that she might just stay strong. I pray for the the relative in their marriage, Lord, and just leading his home well. Um, It just seems like everywhere Michelle turns, there's a need in her family. And so, God, it's true that everywhere she turns, she sees a need, but it's also true that everywhere she turns, God, you are there in the midst, and you can do the impossible. And so, Lord, I pray out of their own free will, they would turn to you and surrender to you, as we've seen that as a theme today, that, God, there would be repentance and a desire to submit and deny themselves and follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Kayla in Colorado Springs, welcome to the program. Hi. Amen to that prayer you just prayed. Great. What's up? Uh, I, I had recently heard you talking about the centralization of the world in terms of the end time. And you mentioned that real life example that could be indication of that with the phones and how we can pay with such a worldwide system. Like I'm, I have a boyfriend who's Russian and they have made pretty much everything Android pay and iPhone pay over there as well. I was wondering, what did you think about how we should decide to support some indicators of the end time? Like, well, it really depends. It really depends on what you mean by support. I mean, we're in the world, so the system of the world is what we have to work with. Like Jesus, you know, when Jesus yeah. walked the earth, he lived under the corrupt Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire would use the taxes of the people to do very wicked, sinful things. Right. So our con- our conventional thinking would be, well, man, I'm not paying taxes because taxes support wickedness and evil. But Jesus paid taxes. He he actually even one of his miracles was to help Peter pay taxes, and so Jesus came as a revolutionary, but not culturally. He didn't come as a cultural revolutionary. He came as a personal revolutionary, to change people, and so we need to learn. I think he he said it best. Jesus said that we need to learn to use unrighteous mammon, which he was referring to as money, but I think it could be applicable to any system that we're in, unrighteous mammon for the sake of the kingdom. And it really becomes a conscience issue. How much can you be involved in without your conscience being, you know, affected? And, and so if, if you decide not to get an iPhone, let's just say that you don't want to get an iPhone, you don't want to use it. That's perfectly okay. And it's perfectly okay to keep your conscience clean, but it's not going to stop the end it's not going to stop the will of god like god said this is how it's going to be in the last days and this is the way it's going to be and it really becomes an act of our conscience and what what really the holy spirit has given us a sense of peace and participating in i mean i don't i don't i don't think i i I would draw i I personally would draw the line as a pastor I, i don't think i could work for the united nations you know i just don't think i could do that um, yeah. But I don't judge those that do because there's a place where the Holy Spirit would use Christians in that environment. So, you know, it, it okay. sometimes Christians get really, um, you know, they get really, um, they, they try to be so exclusive and pull out of the world. Like we're going to go live in the in the caves and eat food out of a can. But the Bible says that we're in the world. And actually, listen to this. 
Uh, Jesus said this, and I don't know if you're familiar with this passage, but check this out. When Jesus was praying, he said this. He said, uh, let me find it here. He said, uh, for their sakes I sent, I don't, for they well, mm -mm. let me find it. Um, he prayed that, he said to, he said to the Father in his prayer, he said, I, um, I don't ask that you take them out of the world, um, but that you keep them in the world, like you protect them in the world. And I'm reading through John 17 right now to find the passage because I just paraphrased it. But in Jesus' prayer, he, he's, oh, here it is, verse 15. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They're not of this world, just as I'm not of the world. So we have to live in it. And to what degree we participate in it um, will be directly related to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that makes sense. So kind of like with any of the policies that are put in place that we can vote for. Yeah, I mean, we should use our... What a gift that we've been given that we can speak in our own government. So we should take advantage of that. And we should stand for righteousness. And we should engage our culture. And everybody's going to do that in a different level. Um, but what that level is is really going to depend on the person, and and what's going to further the gospel more. That's the key. That's what Jesus Amen. died for, the good news right. of the gospel. Right. Okay. Jesus focused. The end. <laughs> That's right. Amen. I agree. Good summary. All right. Thank you. All right. You see you later. Bye bye. 303-690-3000 coming up on the end of today's program, but we've got a call from New Jersey. So Robert in New Jersey, welcome to the program. Hey, Robert, you on the air? Oh, I'm sorry, Robert. You must have dropped off, but I'm glad you tried calling. 303-690-3000 is probably going to be better for you to call tomorrow um, because we are... Uh, coming up on the last few minutes of today's program. Let me see if I can find a text. Are, a, are there aliens? I don't think so. However, there are de, there, there is the demonic realm that I believe are often confused for aliens. But the way that UFOs and aliens are mentioned today, I don't really believe that the Bible supports that. The Bible doesn't really say much about it, but any of the weirdness behind the scenes... Uh, kind of stuff like you said you saw a light and disappeared, etc. A lot of the stuff behind the scenes that's weird and seem to be unexplainable in the Bible are attributed to the demonic realm. Uh, and so I think it's I think it's the devil would want to us to believe that there's aliens. And so what do we do as a society? We, we um, kill babies and we save the woodpeckers. You know, I've got a woodpecker that is, is does will not leave my house and there's a federal law that you can't do anything to woodpeckers but you can kill a baby in the womb and then we're spending all this money to send somebody to mars it's just ridiculous uh and and so i think you know in the demonic realm to get our eyes off of what's important get this world's eyes off of what's important and oh there's aliens and people are talking in space you know when when they're trying to find these aliens they've created in their own minds and hear some voice from space when the voice from space really is saying, um, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Believe him. Follow him. That's the voice from heaven. Uh, so no, I don't think uh, there are aliens as they're portrayed in the scripture. 
let's see this. Ed, don't read this on the air. So I will not read that on the air. Um, here, uh, we've got Trent taking off on vacation. Uh, so Lord, I just pray for Trent and I pray God you'd keep them protected and safe as they head off on this road trip. I know they've been working really hard and and have so much going on in their lives, just so many wonderful opportunities in their life. And, uh, and so I just pray, God, that you would bless them and encourage them. Keep them safe. Let them experience some great things in their marriage. Uh, let them experience great things on this road trip, some open eye, some... Um, you know, open doors for ministry, some opportunities to serve people. And uh, we're so grateful uh, for Trent and his wife, Lord. We're so grateful for what you're doing in their lives and continue to multiply the love and the joy and the peace in and through their lives to others. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to give you an opportunity to come out to church. Uh, we uh, meet on Saturday nights at 6 p.m., and Sunday mornings at 8.45 and 10.45. And you are invited. We're going through the book of Hebrews, and we're in a mini-series on the topic of backsliding. And we're going to talk about this weekend how to come back from backsliding and how to help somebody come back from backsliding. It's a Bible study you don't want to miss. And you combine it with the two previous studies, when we looked at the warning against backsliding, we looked at how to become a good backslider, and now we're going to be looking at coming back. And we want you to come. Uh, we want you to be with us. We want you to worship with us. And calvaryaurora.org is our website. And I invite you to visit for our service times. Uh, call us if you need anything. You want somebody to pray with you. Uh, we'd love to serve you and minister to you. You guys on the East Coast, find a local Calvary Chapel. God bless you guys. Have a great evening in the Lord. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.